on this episode of Why Watch That. Warren Beatty, before anybody said anything from the Moonlight team, got up and clarified the fact that, hey, it wasn't me, as That's Eddie right. Murphy says in Raw. He was like, don't tweet me anything, okay? <laughs> and I called every single category correctly that we talked about, except for Best Picture, and I'm so happy to be wrong. I went into a notorious tirade, okay? So, hey... I'm a big sucker for pretty killings. You know, just good, a good killing, you know. How sadistic. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surrounded by dark heart and (laughs) sadistic. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night it has been for the 2017 Oscars. Um, talk about a crazy, wild ending. Uh, I am thoroughly pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both are. But I will have to say, this is our annual Oscars reaction Yes, listeners, we let out earlier this week, or last week rather, our predictions for the Oscars um, a couple weeks ago, and then our favorite movies of 2016. Well, tonight was the culminating of all the award seasons, and it's going to start right back up again. But we wanted to give you our annual reaction to the Oscars, and boy, what an ending. It was a Steve Harvey kind of crazy (laughs) situation that happened at the 2017 Oscars. Yes. Um, look, I think my tirade, I sent it into the universe and I, <laughs> and I was rewarded. I'm glad because Ref, you know, typically I don't really watch all of these award shows. Yeah. But something told me to watch. I was watching with my brother and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the ceremony. I enjoyed Jimmy Kimmel as the host. I liked I liked the candy coming out of the sky. I liked the the tour bus. The Hollywood tour bus was the best moment for me. Okay, I I think that they kept it moving, even though it ran over. But it felt like it was moving to me. Viola looked great in one. Okay, look, I I mean, I I, Mahershala to start the night. You know, so and I we we called a lot of these. The big shocker at the end was the right shocker. Did not tell y'all. <laughs> or didn't we, I won't exclude you, didn't we That's tell right. y'all what the best movie of last year was? Mm. But what are we going to start with before I start? Well, out? let's start with some, um, let's start, because we're reacting to, to the show, yeah. and we're going to quickly go through this, but I do want to highlight some things as we go through some some things that I noticed. noticed. I usually tweet throughout these award shows, and now I'm the one who does watch it 
from top to bottom. Yeah. I didn't tweet this year. I was watching it with some family and I was just enjoying it. I was cooking at the same time, but I was just Whoa. enjoying the Academy Awards, but I did notice some things that we are going to definitely <laughs> highlight. Let's go with the first word of the night. And that was, as you said, starting it right out the gate. Mahershali takes it for best supporting actor and of course that's for Moonlight not for Hidden Figures and he got up and gave a wonderful beautiful speech that I was very very much proud of him and drawn to him and he really thanked his teachers and you know a little too, little thing about the environment of his education do you not critic <laughs> yes well you know he was in grad I was an undergrad we were there at NYU at the same time, yeah. Um, but, you know, and I actually saw him perform as a grad student. Oh, wow. And, yeah, he, he did a scene from Fences, of all things. But anyway, oh. um, so, yeah, it was great. You know, for him, we'll get to Viola. I remember seeing her the first time at the Public Theater in 1999. Okay? And going, who is that? And I'm so happy. Uh, to see them win, deservedly so. Okay. Yeah. So let's just segue into that. Taking it home for the Best Supporting Actress is Viola Davis for Fences. No shock and no surprise there. We both called Merchla and Viola. Now, this category this year, uh, we're talking about all, all around very strong performances from all the ladies there. You can check out our, our earlier podcast to see what we really thought. But hands down, we're both happy with Viola taking it home. What a speech. Well, yeah, and and you notice no music came on. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you, you don't play. You let her keep talking. And and look, she put on that nice wig and nice dress. <laughs> Stop it! I'm telling you, I was like, my little was like, I'm winning tonight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Okay. And after, I don't know if any of you have watched uh, the post. Uh, press conferences, uh, but you should watch hers because someone asked her, you know, how are you feeling? Not you as, uh, you know, all of these people, a, a black woman and a woman and all of this. What are you feeling? She's like, look, I'm feeling good, but tomorrow <laughs> night, tomorrow night, I'm going to be washing my daughter's hair. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have to highlight that both of these actors are trained, theater trained actors. Viola um, went to Juilliard and Mahershala, of course, went to the grad um, MFA program at NYU Tisch. So hats off to them. Let's move on to actual writing mm. because we have those two sep- separate categories, the best screenplay and adapted screenplay. And tonight, we it was no surprise, we did call it Kenneth Lonergan takes it home for best original screenplay for Manchester by the Sea. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, period. It shut it down. Um, and it, I, I'm just so happy. I remember us seeing him at the New York Film Festival. And to see it now, he, I mean, just wonderful, wonderful writing, not just dialogue, but structurally. Uh, for yeah. him to direct his own writing, uh, it's just wonderful. I'm very happy for Kenneth Lonergan. And again, if you want to check out that Q&A you can check it out on our website or SoundCloud account um, and enjoy the behind the scenes of the, how he structured the piece, his inspiration, and all that. It really is a phenomenal story. Moving on to the best adapted screenplay, that, of course, was a wonderful win tonight 
for Barry Jenkins Moonlight, as well as the original um, story. What's his name? Troy something. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Both of them got up on stage and delivered a wonderful acceptance speech. And if you listen to that acceptance speech, both of them vowed and promised for the next four years that they would tell more story of the marginalized and those who um, don't have voices. So I thought it was a very well-deserved win. I agree. And I said it before. I must say it again. Moonlight is not for certain people. Moonlight really is for anybody I would say 16 or older that's right so please just if you haven't seen it check it out don't be afraid it will push you in just the right amounts and it will remind you and remind all of us that we have a lot more in common than how it seems at times Absolutely. And you know, I'm the, the faintest of the heart between the two of us. Yes. And um, we were, like we recounted, we were sitting side by side and I thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this I because I have a, a certain lens. I can watch something by myself, but I'm, when I'm watching for the program, I'm watching through the lens of the people that I know. Yeah. And I will, I am recommending that you give it a go, give it a try. Listen, if you watch How to Get Away with Murder, you'll be fine. I mean, it's <laughs> like... A piece of cake. Yes, it's a catwalk, you know, compared to that. Let's move on to some of the big, big hits of the night. Um, And, of course, I'm talking about the best actress and actor. And, of course, we called these two, although it was a a tight race, Emma Stone takes it away for La La Land Best Actress. No surprise here at all. She's been sweeping, except for that slippery Golden Globe, which went to um, Isabel Huppert. Yes, and remember, the Golden Globes are not predictive for the Oscars. Uh, Let's say it again. The Golden Globes are not predictive and will never be predictive for the Oscars because they have no overlap. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, Emma Stone, if you check the clips of La La Land, it was very interesting. We were talking about this ref. Check her clip, and unfortunately, check Ryan Gosling's clip. Oh, no. I said it. And you know I am a huge fan of Ryan Gosling. I really am. But I call it how I see it. And when you come on my stomping ground, you're in a musical. I know it top to bottom. You see it. Her energy is right and his is indie energy. You can't do it. And that's why she walked away with the win. And even her acceptance speech, you can feel her glow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I love Emma Stone. I'm a fan of hers. I loved how she said, look, I'm still growing as an actress. Yes, that was such a great, yes, absolutely. And also as a girl, I loved that she kind of freaked out. <laughs> it was Leonardo DiCaprio. She was yeah. like, oh my God, <laughs> kind of pointing his way like, help me. And that was, she's such an everyday girl. She, you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of Sandra Bullock in a way yeah. that she's so, she could be every woman and is very approachable in her acting, yet still, you know, still got the chops. So yeah. congrats to Emma Stone. Moving on to Best Actor. Of course, no surprise here, although the SAG Awards kind of threw a monkey wrench in the situation. We thought maybe it could be Denzel, but no, 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 no. Casey Affleck, of course, walked away with Best Actor for his role in Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, and I think this was very tight. I, you know, I would love if they would release the counts. I would just love oh, to see what it was. Dear. Um, it was a close one for me. I, I said Casey would win in a squeaker. Uh, there you go. We love Denzel. We love you. We both loved Viggo Mortensen this year. 
Okay, and this is what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Now, if you notice, if you go back and watch the Oscars or if you DVR'd it and you're listening to us first, listen to the crowd's response to Vigo Mortensen. Every single time he was mentioned, there was an uproar of applause. Here's my guess about it. A lot of people got turned on to Captain Fantastic somehow, but just not enough momentum to really take him in. Because if you ask me of all the performances this year, I'm going to have to put Vigo right there in the front lines. I just think that not enough people saw the movie. And when they do see it, I think they'll go back and go, hmm, let's yeah. rethink some things. Yeah, and even the clip they showed is not everything. Like, I was watching it like, okay, you have so much. How how do you choose what to highlight from him yeah. and what he did? Uh, but this was just, those three to me, fine. Um, this was Casey Affleck's year to win if he was going to ever win. Ever so, win. And I thought he was very smart in saying what he said in his acceptance speech that yeah. He would, would not be there without Kenny doing the penny. <laughs> penny. <laughs> that was a, it's a perfect role for him. And you guys all know how I feel about Casey Affleck. I think he's a great human being, but um, I am not drawn to him as much as I am to other actors. And in this role, he really fit the bar. It really, I can't imagine Matt Damon doing this role. And I thought yeah. it was very smart of Matt Damon to bow out and say, you know what? I'll produce, but I'm not going to star in this role because this is not me. It's Casey. Yeah. And congrats to him. Now, let's move on to um, Best Director. Now, there's been some tit-for-tat, a little bit of tit-for-tat with this um, as far as what was going, what people were thinking, but we knew what was going to happen. Of course, Damien Chazelle walks walks away with it for Best Director with La La Land. Really no surprise here. And guess what? We talked about this earlier, uh, Critic. You did say Damien has a great sensibility of rhythm when it comes to to movie and it it really shined here in La La Land as it did in Whiplash. Exactly. You know, the sweep of the movie is him. It really is. He understands that. Um, and, And even in the editing, it's just a seamless production. So I understand exactly why. Plus, they were thinking of Whiplash, and they were whiplashed by that movie. So they're going, wait, he gave us Whiplash, which came out of nowhere. And then he turns and does this movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Barry Jenkins, hey, I, look, I don't know. <laughs> we'll you know, move that's on. Tough, yeah. We can move on, but I think for the record, we can both say that both of us were pulling for Barry Jenkins. For the, for the sheer fact, and again, we say this again, that you had to tell a very seamless story with three sets of actors. Yes. And it worked. So and and like and a then, three week shoot, yeah, yeah. It, I, it, okay, well, we, you're right. We should move on <laughs> now. I do have to highlight some other things before we get to this one. Ava DuVernay did not take it home for best documentary. It was OJ's um, Made in America. Um, uh, Ezra um, Edelman, yes, and um, I forget the other Caroline Waterlow. Yes, yep, and you know what? That actually was my favorite doc of last year. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I haven't, unfortunately, seen that one yet, but yeah. I will take a look at, look at I it. I recommend everybody, it is not just about OJ. That's the thing. It tells, it's just like, it's similar to 13th. It's ESPN. <laughs> yeah, and it's similar to 13th and I Am Your Negro. Those three, but it, this is eight hours, almost. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you get you get the history of L.A. starting in the '60s and this nation, along with O.J. to tell his story. It's really impressive. Yeah, and he and they dedicated that award to Nicole and um, Ron. Yeah. So and and all those who have been affected by abuse and things of that nature. So hats off to that. We also want to highlight the salesman took it for best foreign language film. The reason why we want to highlight that is because the um, director who is from Iran and is Iranian and Persian rather, he um, did not show up and had instead a representative uh, read his acceptance speech. And it was very much directed at our current administration. So that was probably the most political moment of the Oscars this year. Yeah, that's right. And and I, I said before, he won before for um, A Separation, which is just an amazing film, uh, emotionally, and just the story of it. And The Salesman is a is an echo of that. So if yeah. you're gonna, if you're interested, start with A Separation. Absolutely. Now we have to end all of this. Like I said in the other, when we were talking about what 2016 was the upset of the page or or not 2016 the last 365 days yeah we're talking about uh the patriots taking the super bowl from a 28 deficit what we're talking about trump becoming president of the united states a reality star we're talking about the cubs winning the world series we're talking about the cavaliers winning the the, the world championship in basketball when they were like two what two games behind or three mm-hmm. games behind. It's just, it's the year of the underdog. And tonight, if you didn't see it, you certainly are reading about it today. Yeah. Because La La Land with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, which I love that they were <laughs> What, the what anniversary of Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde? Clyde? Yeah. 50th or I, who knows? Yeah. They presented... And you know you're 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 watching them. They're kind of going tit for tat, and they're they're talking and chatting. And they finally get on to the movies to, to announce it. He opens up the envelope and he stares at it. Yeah. And he's it's this long, drawn out like it's the last of the night. Like get on with it, Warren Beatty. I'm like, what in the world? Finally, he's got the, the smirk on his face and he hands the ballot over to Bay Dunaway. And Faye Dunaway looks at it and she goes, La La Land. And the music plays and everybody leaps up out of their seat, a part of the La La Land production team. They rush to the stage and then Emma Stone's up there. Ryan Gosling's up there. The producers are up there. Damien's up there. It's grand. It's huge. The music, everything. And they're actually giving their acceptance speech. And behind the scenes, you see a stage manager with his headset on run back and forth. You know, you and I, because we know what's going on, go, something's up. Yeah. And we learn that no, 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 they handed poor Warren Baby the wrong envelope. <laughs> they handed the envelope uh, for Emma Stone's win to him. Yeah. So that's why La La Lamb was on the card, but it was a moonlight win. Whoa. Whoa. And I will say, the producer talking for La La Land, I give him major kudos. Yes. For keeping yes, his very cool. Very gracious. Very gracious. He said, my friends from Moonlight, you got it. 
they came up. I mean, amazing. Janelle Monet, just stunning. Naomi Harris, stunning. Yes. That's all I was looking at. So. Of course you were looking at that, but <laughs> while I was looking at Mahershala. <laughs> but no, so. Barry Jenkins, the entire team, his whole production team. So for a moment, both production teams and cast were on the stage at the same time. So I can't wait to see that image yeah. come out later on today that image early this morning or what have you of everybody just sort of being clobbed on the stage and Barry Jenkins is dumbfounded and he's he was like never in my wildest dreams would I imagine this happening he said well to the heck with dreams this is real and it was such an amazing crazy moment that Warren Beatty before anybody said anything from the Moonlight team got up and clarified the fact that hey it wasn't me, as That's Eddie right. Murphy says in Raw. Wasn't me. That's <laughs> right. He was like, "Don't tweet me anything, okay?" <laughs> and I, look, I called every single category correctly that we talked about, except for Best Picture. And I'm so happy to be wrong. I went into a notorious tirade, <laughs> okay? So hey, I I'm very pleased with what the Academy did this year. Um, I hope they continue to do things like this. In the future, Jimmy Kimmel's welcome, welcome as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. To yeah, host. very, very funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah. also we have to say to end this all, for the last two years previous to this, there were the Oscar so white hashtag that really shook up Hollywood and really got everyone outside of Hollywood talking. Major studios all started to shift their gears toward making a more diverse season not only in the film world but also in a tv world it really did get things shaken up and cheryl boone we have to give it to her she was immediately trying to rectify the situation by incorporating more diversity more inclusion in the academy and i think we see the results of that this year especially when it came to that best picture win we're we, still looking for the best director to scoot in there <laughs> yeah. but we are very very satisfied I agree. Um, hats off to them. And, and But the thing is, regardless of what the Academy does, there has to be inventory. Absolutely. And you look this year, you have Moonlight, you have Fences, you have Hidden Figures, yep. you have worthy films, and this Absolutely. is what happens. So it's yep. not just, oh, we need to find some black people. Exactly. It's no, let's get some good work for the black people and other minorities and women and everybody else who's marginalized, and then they will be recognized. Absolutely. Well said. Way to end it. Now, listen, it's not done yet. We are done with the whole 2016-2017 movie season. The awards are done. They are all given out. However, there's much more to come. Please stay with us. Stick by us. We will keep you in the know. We'll keep you on the lock. And like we said, we called it this year. If you stick with us, you're sticking with the best. We'll catch you next time. Did you know? Part one. Critic, I have a did you know for you. Oh, it's become an old hat. I tell you, two in a row, two in a row. Listen, with all this Oscar buzz going around, we are celebrating the birthday of this Did You Know? It's a girl. She's a she. And she and her sister Uh. in 2011, were. they both appeared in Best Picture Oscar-nominated films. Those films are 
the social network and 127 127 hours hmm. it's her birthday her sister and she appeared in two best picture noms in 2011 who is it who is it i have an idea this episode of why watch that's brought to you by audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Okay. Uh, You've been thinking about it. You may get this. I think the best pictures will nominations, especially 127 hours, will give it away. Honestly, you know what it is when you said sisters? Oh. Because it has to be the Mara sisters. Yes. Yes. It is Kate Mara's birthday today. Happy birthday. And yes, she and Rooney Mara in 2011 appeared in two Oscar nominated films. And did you know that these girls are taking Hollywood by storm? So you better watch out. But in the meantime, happy birthday, Kate. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Back to why watch that. Why watch that sneak peek? Oh, we have a sneak peek for you. I'm upset. Yes. Well, you need to get over it because Logan is back. And this might be his last round. We're talking about the latest X-Men installment. Of course, these are the origin sort of spinoffs of the regular X-Men franchise. And the reason why the critic is upset and I'm equally upset because I'm a hu- as huge of a X-Men fan as he. We didn't get to go to see the screening. <laughs> um, I'm traveling, and I don't know what you were doing. I don't know if you working, were just... Working, working. Okay, all right. He's working. But thank God for our producer because she was able to catch the screening. And I hear through the grapevine that there are some really good things that she has to say. But first... Logan's opening this weekend on Friday, March 2nd, and it's... Third, third. Third, third, because today's the second. Uh, James Mangold is the director, and he's also uh, one of the screen writers, as well as he helped develop the story. Scott Frank also helped in the screen uh, play, and Michael Green as well, and then a ton of people who helped create characters and whatnot. Um, This is... This is... Hugh Jackman's last, it is confirmed, last X-Men movie. Not origin movie. I'm talking about the entire franchise of X-Men. And, you know, of course, there's probably some hints of the fate of Wolverine. But as you know, in the comic books, he just sort of keeps going and yeah, gets revived. Yeah. So who knows? We, maybe he'll eat his words. But also on the flip side, Patrick Stewart's also in this. It is his last Hmm. as confirmed um, X-Men uh, franchise uh, movie, even the origins, all of that. So, with that, we're going to milk the producer dry. We want the deets, but don't spoil it for us. 
tell us about Logan. All right, Logan. So, like, you guys are super X-Men fans. I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an X-Men fan, but I appreciate a good, you know, movie. This one was, like, great. So, you know, when you think about Wolverine, like, it's a dude that has claws that comes out of his hands. You kind of want to use... I had no idea. I thought we were talking about Deadpool. <laughs> you, like, want him to use the claws. And in this movie, we got so much use of the Wolverine uh, claws, which was made it so exciting. And I'm a big sucker for pretty killings. Um, or just, just like, you know, just good, a good killing, you know. Oh, like, sadistic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm surrounded by dark heart and great. <laughs> but wait a minute, producer, you're getting like, carried away. Uh, what happens in this movie? Tell us yeah, the plot. My <laughs> goodness, we're going into just sadism right now, please. <laughs> yes, beautiful killing. So, this is the last um the last movie logan is struggling with something that he did um from the previous film and he's kind of given up on his whole identity as an x-men he's kind of like on the ground um he's driving a taxi he does not <laughs> want to identify himself as you know and, logan. and this is way in the future obviously yes. by the aesthetic of it Mm-hmm. Correct. Is yeah, it's down the line. And um he ends up uh he ends up being at a funeral for one of his um clients, his taxi clients, and, and, and I'm he's he's a little driver. He's not like driving a yellow cab. So he's a high end <laughs> taxi. He's high end. Okay, thank you. That that makes sense from perspective. <laughs> you got a hack? No, he's at the grocery store picking up sales. Um and and someone drives an Uber. <laughs> someone recognizes him, and you know he's like, "No, you don't know me," and kind of like goes away. Um, and that's like where it all kind of you know gets really X many. Um, Professor X is being um, hidden. He's 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 tucked away somewhere because he is uh getting old and being that his brain is you know his brain a brain of his magnitude can't really um deal with mental illness yeah. and um so they have him tucked away and they're trying to manage that now what logan finds out is that there is an organization of people who have tried to recreate the X-Men um, because like like try, try to recreate the X-Men in children what they're doing is taking the X-Men traits and all of the X-Men abilities and forming them into kids and um, they keep they, they've been testing on testing on children over and over and over again yeah, and they finally mm-hmm. okay, yes yeah, so they get to they get to like the the pinnacle, you know, the pinnacle solution, and now their their job is to terminate all of the, the the kids before the one, and so this is this is the the premise of Logan. Logan and so he has to protect state. one of these kids. He has to protect the children, and then we get yeah. Professor from, X involved. Yeah, right. From mm-hmm. the yeah. trailer, we've seen that the um, the ultimate one has very similar traits to him. We can say that much. Yes. 
Yes. Very, a very similar healing factor. Um, uh, she maneuvers like him, and she also has claws like yeah. him. She, now, yeah, she was formed after him. And um, I know that you're not a huge X-Men fan, but I know our listeners are going to want to know, and I have confirmed this with my research, just for, for the listeners to know and the X-Men fans to know, this is going along the timeline that X-Men... Um, what was the uh, second X-Men uh, reboot? Oh, the second reboot? You're, you're talking about Days of Future Past? Yes, Days of Future Past. So um, just to let you know, we are still on that timeline. Um so that ne- nobody freaks out because sometimes the origin stories can go off and do their own thing but that days of future past truly reset things so the very end of is it days of future past yeah the very end of days of future past where cyclops um the phoenix or not the phoenix uh Jean Grey at that point. Mm-hmm. All of them, they're still alive. They're still... We're on that alternate timeline, just FYI. Okay. Very good. And and the other thing is, they needed to reboot Wolverine, because the Wolverine was a miss. Okay? And <laughs> yes, James Mangold, same director, all of that. Now, look. here your, Here's your time, producer. Go ahead. You were telling us about the sadistic clawings. Should we see this in the theater? What was your overall reaction? Yes, it is. This is definitely a seat in the theater. Don't get me wrong; you can totally appreciate it at home on a TV if you have one of those big fancy TVs with surround sound and all that good stuff. Those 3D, um, you know, fancy. I can touch the blades of grass TVs. Really good, but you know, for the people who don't. And someone who just wants to have an experience in the theater, this is definitely a movie that you want to see in the theater. Mm. And it's going to be an IMAX, so, you know. (laughs) Mm. Oh, we know. You know what I'm doing. I'm going to try. I'm with family, everybody. I'm going to try and convince the hardest to get them to go to (laughs) see this because this is. This is wonderful. The reason why it is so amazing, and and we'll close with here, because obviously, uh, let's just get a confirmation. Producer, this is definitely a must-see, yes? Yes, it's a must-see. Like, if you like, if you like action films, if you like, of course, the X-Men, if you like any type of comic book thing, if you just want to see some, like some, like I say, some really cool use of the claws. And then also um, to see all of the other X-Men characters translated into the kids that they that they made. Like that's re- like how they how they handle that is really nice. So mm. oh, oh that's wonderful. I am so ready to <laughs> as well. And and obviously um the, the reason why this is so important is because really folks after the Batman um of the late nineties there was sort of like this this weird lull of of superheroes and X-Men really came out of the gate and Hugh Jackman has carried the torch of that franchise, I will say that much, carried the torch of that franchise for almost, what, 17 years? Because the first one came out in 2000, 2000. Yeah, it's been forever. Mm. And, and you know, this is my favorite role for him. Yeah. I really yeah. do like him as Wolverine ever since X2. X2, when he jumped up with the claws in the kitchen, I was like, <laughs> okay, you got it. So I'm so glad that they are going out with a bang here. Um, by the way, everybody, the co-writer, Michael Green, you're going to be seeing his name pop up in major movies for the rest of the year. So it looks like he's starting well, and we will see you in an IMAX theater somewhere in the world. 
<laughs> March 3rd, everybody. Check it out. <laughs> and now, the pick of the week. The Critic is coming at you with a pick of the week. It is Patriot that's featured on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can go ahead and go for it. It is created by Steve Conrad, as well as Gil Bellows, who's also in it, I hear. Mm. And it's sort of an offbeat kind of show. It's dramedy, comedy, drama. But Michael Dorman and Terry O'Quinn... And among others, we even have uh, Kurt Wood Smith sneaking in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, are, as, as Mars, as well as Michael uh, Chernis, they're topping this off. Tell us a little about, a bit about this. Why should we be watching this? Look, it is a show about an intelligence officer, a spy, who has just gone through the ringer in a mission. And his father, and, and this spy is played by Michael Dorman, his father's played by Terry O'Quinn. His father is a head of an agency. Something's going on, head of something. And he's the one sending his son out on these missions. And he has another son, played by Michael Chernis, who's a congressman. Okay? (laughs) And he's involved in this, right? So, Terry O'Quinn sends Michael Chernis to get Michael Dorman, bring him back to the States because he has a new mission for him. Because... They need to prevent Iran from getting nuclear capabilities. Oh my goodness, sounds like 24. And this this involves Luxembourg. Because there's a meeting going down in Luxembourg where there's going to be a handoff to the Iranians so they can develop this program. So what Michael Dorman has to do, and his character is John Tabner, he has to be hired by a Milwaukee piping company. Because they have, yes, because they are able to travel to these parts of the globe. So he will be able to go there. Because the thing is, this is not an on-the-books assignment. It is a non-official cover or a knock is what they call it. So, So John Tabner doesn't get the full support of the agency. So he has to be hired by the piping firm. Now, he knows nothing about piping. He knows nothing about engineering. So how does he get this job? He's not the only candidate. And remember, he has no full support. Okay? So how does he do that is the question. Then, once he's hired and he goes to Luxembourg, do things go the way they should? Because he's supposed to be in and out. Because he can't keep up the charade. Oh, my goodness. So nothing goes the way you think. And that's the thing about Patriot. It is not what we typically see from spies where they're on it. Or if some uh, tragedy happens, they're on it. They're just on it. They have contingencies. Not this. Okay? Even the room where he's staying, they don't set up right. They forget. (laughs) Stuff like that. So he's a guy, John Tabner, who's resigned himself to his fate. Okay? He knows it's never going to go right. So he gets to Luxembourg. Bad things happen. And it leaves a trail. So he has to stay with this company and pretend to be a piping guy when he's not. And this is where you get Kurtwood Smith, who's his uh-huh. immediate boss, no, and all of that. So okay. this is not like, ha, 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 funny, laugh out loud. It's amusing. And it actually, if you like, let's say, if you like Breaking Bad and Fargo, the TV show, this will probably work for you. Um, I'm enjoying it. It does have its ups and downs, 
but it really feels like something kind of new for right now. So that's Patriot on Amazon Prime. All, all right, episodes. check it out. If you want to yeah. see it, you can download and watch it for yourself. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.